the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. I'm honored. Today is Wednesday, December the 4th, 2019, in the year of our Lord. Today, on December 4, 1978, San Francisco got its first female mayor, City Supervisor Diane Feinstein. As you know, she has gone on to become a senator now. She was named to replace the assassinated George Moscone. Today in 1783, General George Washington told his troops, the Continental Army officers, farewell. It's a nice speech. I wish I had time to read a little bit of it today. We don't. But uh, it was a very nice speech, typical of George Washington. That was today in 1783. He would go on to be a hero forever in America. Today in 1867, the National Grange of the Order of Patrons of Husbandry, also known as the Grange, was founded in Washington, D.C. The reason for the Grange movement was to promote the interests of farmers. People could go to those Grange halls and get together and meet. And I don't know if there are a lot of those around anymore or if they're used we probably moved beyond that. I remember when I was a kid, that was just two or three years ago, <laughs> I wish. Um, there were quite a few Grange, and they were very Grange in the Yakima Valley and area, and, and they were pretty active, actually. And um, that movement started today by the government, today in 1867. Today in 1918, President Woodrow Wilson left Washington on a trip to France. He was attending the, uh, going to Versailles to attend the Versailles Peace Conference. Today, in 1942, Franklin D. Roosevelt, president, he ordered the dismantling of the Works Progress Administration, WPA, that had been created, as you probably know, to provide jobs during the Depression. And today, in 1954, the first bur uh, Burger King, it was kind of a stand, really. It was kind of like a fruit stand, really. First Burger King stand was opened in Miami. Today in 1996, the Mars Pathfinder lifted off from Cape Canaveral, began speeding toward the red planet. The trip was 310 million miles. It arrived on Mars in July of 1997. We got fantastic pictures from that. I remember looking at those. Amazing. Today in 2000, in a pair of legal setbacks for Al Gore, the Florida state judge refused to overturn George W. Bush's certified victory in Florida, and the U.S. Supreme Court set aside a ruling that allowed manual recounts. And five years ago today, President Barack Obama and his administration acknowledged very offhandishly, I might as I recall, but they acknowledge that many people covered under the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare would, in fact, face higher premiums next year 
and oh yes, we had already found out that we, if we liked our doctor, that was nice, but we may not be able to keep our doctor. I wasn't on Obamacare, but I was paying a lot of attention to it. It was a disaster from the get-go because it was based in confusion and it was based in progressivism. And that's a formula for failure. It's a form- formula for failure in every culture that has embraced that. Our culture is moving toward that today. The House Judiciary Committee, Trump impeachment hearings before the House Judiciary Committee began this morning. I've been paying attention to them. There's not a single eyewitness or earwitness, I guess someone that's heard something firsthand, that's testified. Every one of the of the testimonies this morning are about people and about how they feel about, I mean, honest about this impeachment process. The Democrat controlled House Judiciary Committee is trying to move this thing forward. They are almost panicked to get rid of this president because they're, it's becoming more and more evident that he probably will win re-election. After all of their efforts, people are beginning to look at this thing as for what it is. It's just an effort to remove a president. It isn't really about what he's done because the whole thing this morning, I mean, it's unbelievable. All legal scholars, all four witnesses are legal scholars. All three of them are extreme left. One is a conservative. It's amazing. They're they're listening to the Stanford law professor, Pamela Carlin, and she is just shrieking on there, telling, I told you, and, and self-promoting uh, almost every other sentence, but she's just shrieking on there and impassioned and saying, "We, I feel this, and I, I've learned that, and I know this about the Constitution, and on and on and on. I don't know what, if, she, I, I didn't pay that much attention to her, but I don't know if what she's saying about the Constitution is right or wrong, but what I know is that none of these people have any first or second hand information about what it is they're trying to pin on Trump so they can get him out of office. And that's going on. And the nation is sitting there mesmerized today, I guess, some of them are, watching this thing. And if that is the only news source that people have, and many for many it is, they're going to go away and say, boy, I bet these people are, Pamela, she's a doctor, she's a Harvard law professor. And this... Um, Noah Feldman uh, is a Bloomberg, <laughs> now running for president, Bloomberg, Bloomberg colonist. And there's uh, uh, Michael Gearhart. Uh, He's a North Carolina law professor. And uh, Jonathan Turley is the conservative, kind of. I mean, he is a conservative. He's a George Washington University law professor. But every one of these are talking about aspects of impeachment that has nothing to do or it doesn't relate to anything Trump or anyone else has or has not done. And that is the whole, that's kind of the embodiment of the progressive movement. Facts simply don't matter. It's what you believe and it's what your end cause is all about. The end is so noble to the progressive, the far left, that the means are justified, whatever they are. 
They can tell the biggest lie. Karl Marx taught that, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that today in, in context of what we're talking about here and about what's going on in our nation. We live in perilous times. There's no question about that. I get notes from those of you who listen regularly. Thank you. Along with your support, this note this note says, thank you, Gary, for your dedication. It's the only way we get the truth in the news. May you and your family be blessed and kept safe. P.S. <laughs> Chick-fil-A is supposed to be, in, be coming to Spokane, but I won't be a customer. You know, I'm hearing a lot of that. And if I'm hearing it, others are hearing it. There's no, I don't know of any organized effort to boycott Chick-fil-A, but I've just found myself not interested in going there. And it's worse than I even thought than what I said on this program a few days ago when this all came out, when they made their announcement that they were going to dis, you know, continue their, their funding or their, their money. And it was a substantial amount to Fellowship of Christian Athletes and the Salvation Army. And then I found out that they are have donated they probably will continue to, to the Southern uh, Poverty Law Center, which is a, a scam by all accounts, and they're far left, and they're the ones that tag guys like Jim Dobson and, and all these guys as, as radicals and white supremacists and bigots and, and on and on. The FRC Family Research Council, Tony Perkins and all these guys, they put them on this list, and they say that they're they're bigots because they're, they're pro-marriage and... I mean, and I found out, I don't think I mentioned it on this program, but I found out just the other day, they've actually, Chick-fil-A recently has contributed to them. So, yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. I I find myself not inclined to go to Chick-fil-A as well. Dear Gary Randall, thank you so much for your programs. They mean a lot to me. You have the only program that makes sense anymore. I'm going to tell you why it makes sense. Because what we do and say here is, to the best of our ability, based on the Word of God. We do live in perilous times. I know that you recognize that. And every day I come to this microphone to do the best I can do with the Bible right in front of me. I'm looking at it right now. Every day it's right here. And we try to look at what's happening in our world today. That's why we do this program live originally. Some of you are listening to it delayed. I, I understand that. But we do it live every morning. We don't can't. It would be much easier, much easier for me and ACN and others who work on all of wherever we're on. It would be much easier for everybody if we didn't do it live. I And I, I respect that and I appreciate that the effort that so many put into it. But the reason we do is so we can talk about what's happening that day. Because I just feel in my heart that's important. We make we make the effort, but a lot of others do too to help make this happen. But we look at everything that's happening in the world, everything we talk about through the Word of God. James chapter 3 says, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. I think that that undoubtedly described his time, James, but it describes our time as well. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. 
and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Isaiah saw some of this in his time. He wrote in chapter 50, verse 7, For the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded or confused. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. And that could be the meaning there is I will not be ashamed, I will not be moved, I will not be regretful, and so on. One of the one of the raps that we Christians get is that we are so dogmatic in our beliefs that we're not willing to evolve, particularly in issues of the culture, cultural, social issues, like abortion, like redefining marriage, those kinds of things. They criticize us all the time, and it's becoming more open, um, even in the last year or so, that the problem with the evangelicals is that we are closed-minded and dogmatic. We will not compromise, and we will not evolve as the culture evolves. Well, praise the Lord. We're not supposed to evolve. We're not supposed to change our mind. We're not supposed to be led by the culture. The vision that Jesus had and has is that we will be transforming agents of his in the culture. Not that the culture would transform us. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's how, that's how scripture puts it. So that's what all this is about. This is not about politics. This is about truth, the kingdom of God. It's amazing what's happening in our world. I saw a <clears throat> lengthy story. I'll just mention it to you in passing. I'm not going to get into it. But more than 300 of President Donald Trump's political ads have been taken down by Google. His video platform, YouTube, 60 Minutes reported on that Sunday night on CBS, interestingly enough. CBS reporters were, were unable to find specific reasons for this mass takedown, they said, of Trump's ads. They're not supporters of Trump, CBS, but even they were a little struck by this is so audacious. It's just amazing. Google just decided they didn't like them, I guess, and they just took them down. And when CBS went to Google and said, what was the basis for taking down President Trump's ads? They said, well, it, it there isn't a basis for it. We just decided to do it. And CBS said, we found very little transparency in their transparency report that they referred us to. So we live in a very complicated world. In fact, it affects every part of our life. There's a, there's a survey out this morning that finds that one in five, 20% of left-leaning bosses admit in this survey that they will not hire job candidates who are supporters of President Donald Trump. One in five. You talk about discrimination. Christians, because of our biblical beliefs, are called bigots and we're discriminating and, and all this. I mean, one in five bosses admit. I mean, how many don't admit it? I don't know. But this, this survey was was taken by a reputable air tasker, a reputable survey company on employment and those kinds of things, mostly is what they do. 
But Airtasker noted employers typically reviewed job candidates' social media accounts to glean information about their political view prior to the interviews. Workplace discrimination is real and it's a pressing issue, and candidates get their applications sidelined or overlooked due to these factors all the time, they said. And they said even if you do make it past the, the first hiring filter, employees can also be the victims of prejudice and biased behavior when interacting with their bosses and their colleagues. Even if they get fired, they are discriminated against if it is known that they support Donald Trump as president. Tell me how that works. But that's where we are today. And that's why we've got to keep our face toward the Lord, toward the truth of God's word. Robert Knight is a trusted conservative. He wrote an article this week that I want to talk about. In fact, I published his article, and I rarely publish other people's articles. In our own article, we, um, we write an article every morning. It's published around 5 a.m., and um, a lot of people read it. I'm humbled. But anyway, it's out there today. It's at faithandfreedom.us, faith, A-N-D, freedom, US. I would encourage you to read it. You can sign up and get it. It's free. You can subscribe to it, but we send it out to everybody who wants it. And it goes out to thousands and thousands of people. It's read all across the country and in 40, 50 countries. Every week, our report shows that people are reading it, particularly in English-speaking countries, of course. But it's amazing. But I published Robert Knight's article today because it speaks to the issues that we're talking about this morning. The, the, the article that he wrote was in response to an article that was published in the Washington Post. Knight's article is, is titled, Conservative Obama, Pregnant Men, and Other Liberal Media Fantasies. Well, I had intended to write about something like that, but I thought that was so good. He's better than I am. So I just published his article. But So I'm going to be talking about some of the things that are in his article, but some of it is my own thoughts. I want to be very upfront and very honest about this because he is a leading conservative intellectual, and um, he's truly conservative to the core. But um, I want to thank you for your support of this ministry. I want to thank you for standing with us, for your prayers. It means a great deal to me, and it's very helpful. Yes, there are those who disagree with us, some of them strongly. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. When I read Knight's article, I thought, man, this is too good to, <laughs> to not send out to our friends who read our, our stuff. But he says what sets our current age apart from previous ones is not only technological wonders, but the shocking abandonment of truth. For Marxists, a lie is as good as the truth if it works to advance their cause. A case in point was a recent nearly full-page article, he says, on the front page of the Washington Post Sunday Outlook section. Next to a large, serious portrait, the headline proclaimed, Barack Obama, conservative. Yeah, right. I thought, yeah, right, that Barack Obama is sure conservative. He's conservative like Bernie Sanders is a minister of the gospel. He, Bernie was in a pulpit on Sunday. Bernie would be a moderate Republican 
if Obama was conservative. Anyway, Knight continues. He said, never mind that Mr. <clears throat> Mr. Obama was the most radically left president in the United States with a, with a background full of communist mentors and connections. Well, he does have a background. Bill Ayers and his his wife and all their friends launched Barack Obama's political career. Bill Ayers is a communist. I mean, he, he said the New York Times published the story here a few years ago. He said the only thing that was that he felt badly about regarding 9-11 was that they didn't <laughs> bomb more buildings. And he said, my only regret when he was heading up the that underground weathermen or whatever they called it, uh, they would bomb buildings, federal buildings. He said, my only regret about the past is that we didn't bomb more buildings. These are the people that launched Barack Obama's political career. I know the press wouldn't have you to know that, and they gloss over all that. They rarely ever cover it, but it's true. Barack Obama went on to appoint some of the most far-out, wacko judges that our country has ever seen. But there's a method to the post-madness. If you can make the case that Barack Obama was actually something of a conservative, this pushes anyone to his right into the kind of the abyss of extremism. It doesn't matter whether it's true or not, only whether it succeeds in casting Republicans and even dwindling moderate Democrats as Nazis. We shouldn't be surprised when the Post and other media, they just kind of reflectively deny self-evident truths for years. They've pushed this entire pro-abortion and LGBTQ agenda, which depends on fake science, theological confusion, deliberate deception. That's what it's about. For example, National Public Radio recently underscored its directive to staff staffers not to use the term unborn. Because, NPR said, it implies that there's a baby inside a pregnant woman. You never let the truth get in the way of the agenda if you're a secular progressive. This sort of madness seems to be reaching a crescendo. Robert Knight spoke to this in his article. He said, beginning decades ago, beginning with Alfred C. Kinsey's fraudulent sex studies in 1948 and 1953, he said that propelled by a compliant media, the studies gave the sexual revolution a faux scientific foundation. Yeah, I remember reading that when I was a youth pastor. I was reading some of that stuff, and I thought, good grief. I mean, kids were asking me questions about it, not in the 40s and 50s, but in the 60s and 70s, but they had read this stuff. And this Kinsey was supposed to be Supposed to be the word on human sexuality. Found out he was a pervert. They were unmasked. They were fraudulent. Judith Reisman did a lot of research on, on them. And uh, in fact, they wrote a book. She and some other people wrote a book, Kinsey, Sex, and Fraud. They published the book in 1990, finally. But the horse was out of the barn. It was powered by Planned Parenthood and others. The ACLU, left-wing activists. In 1994, the New York Times ran a piece titled, How to Get a Man Pregnant. 1994, the writer was Dick Tercy. He had kind of parked on the idea at some symposium back in the 1980s, sponsored by Kinsey, that somehow men and women 
could inter- be interchangeable. This has developed beyond that. Tersi wrote about it in an Omni magazine. He published it's published by a pornography group. The article declared that there was no insurmountable biological or technical barrier to a man carrying a baby to term. A man carrying a baby to term. These people are taken seriously. That's why our culture is upside down. That's why all this nonsense is going on. Truth has been abandoned. Tersi admitted in that article, this was years ago. He said, of course, there are some minor problems. I would say so. He said, men don't produce the appropriate hormones. Men don't have ovaries and thus don't produce eggs. Men don't have wombs. But he said, that can all be overcome. This is a New York Times article. 20 years ago. 18 years ago. This Dr. RuPaul Yu, a family physician, North Carolina-based Piedmont Health Services, she was talking to NBC here just recently. She said, I'm comfortable with the idea that a man can have a vagina and a woman can have a penis, that the identity was in the brain, not our biological parts. This is a doctor on NBC. Say, Gary, you shouldn't be talking like that on Christian radio. Yeah, we should. Because you turn on the Today Show and that's what you get. Our culture is inundated with this stuff and people are confused and people are, I mean, we're saying, am I the only one? Kind of like the prophet, am I the only one that's standing for God? And God said, no, there's a whole bunch of them out here. You know that story in the Old Testament. But I'll tell you, despite the clear evidence over thousands of years that males and females are profoundly different in all the ways that God wonderfully and marvelously made us, the press today is discovering as they sit with their chin on their hand thinking. They're discovering that sexuality, human sexuality is in the mind. It's not the body. Boy, I'll tell you, there's much more I could say about this. Is it any wonder that more and more kids are confused about their sexuality? Little kids, five years old. Little boys are saying, I think I might be a girl. And the school and some of the parents and some doctor somewhere rush to this kid and say, yes, we'll start giving you hormones and we'll do surgeries on your body as soon as we can. If someone had been somewhere else and just sort of showed up in our culture today and heard anyone saying what I'm saying, they would say, man, this guy's a nut. Nobody would believe that. But not only do people say they believe it, but they're acting on it. And this goes through the entire the entire narrative of our culture today. These people are sitting in Washington, D.C. trying to depose a president whom they didn't want elected. They're trying to overturn an election of the people. It doesn't matter if you like Trump or not. If you like America and you like freedom, you see this thing as a fraud. If the guy did something, then let's make him pay. If he didn't do anything, why are they trying to overturn an election that duly elected a man whom they didn't want elected? I mean, that's what it comes down to. And they don't have any witnesses, so they've got four professors sitting up there today telling us, the American people, how they feel about Trump, with the exception of Jonathan Turley. That's the world we live in, and that's why it is abundantly important that we keep our eyes on Jesus and our mind and our heart in his word. 
Hey, thanks for being with me today. Always a privilege. We'll continue this conversation right here tomorrow. We'll talk about what's happening, talk about what God says. Thank you so much, and thank you for your support. We need it. We'll look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for being here. I'll see you right here tomorrow.